Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to How Come. Today is Pelvic Pain Day. I'm sitting here with Dr. Tayaba Ahmed and Dr. Allison Shrikande, who are both board-certified doctors of physical medicine and rehabilitation. So important. So important. We are so excited for this episode. A lot of you have been asking us about pelvic pain and sending in questions. You've sent in amazing questions. We couldn't be more grateful to our companions. So we're going to ask them to these doctors on this episode. If we don't get to them on this episode, go to patreon.com slash how come we will have extras and we're going to try to answer everything that you guys have sent us in hello welcome hello. ladies hello. i hate saying ladies i don't know why i just did that <laughs> welcome doctors oh <laughs> thanks no we're so happy to be here how come how come how come i can't achieve how come i can't achieve i'm rolling up my sleeves i'm rolling up my sleeves oh baby i believe these guests can help I'm so happy to have you here. We've talked about pelvic pain a good amount, but you guys do something. I I think when we, when we all think of pelvic rehabilitation, a lot of people immediately go to Kegels. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that from talking to both of you that that is not what you do. There's like a whole other world besides Kegels. And I was literally just telling someone today that, Like when you think of like the 80s and the 90s, you're like, oh, women's health, Kegels, and that's it. Um, And now like there's this whole other world of tight pelvic floor muscles Mm -hmm. and those are not Kegels. Okay. And so that emergence is like slowly starting to rise, but it hasn't had that emergence like the... Kegel, the Kegel movement. The Kegel movement, exactly. Yes, yeah. the great a- Kegel rush of 1982. <laughs> it was definitely an 80s movement. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what is pelvic pain? So pelvic pain, uh, it can come from multiple things, mm-hmm. etiologies, but really what we deal with is pelvic pain with uh, muscle spasms. Mm-hmm. So when their pelvic floor is spastic and tight, um, the, there can be a lot of pain with intercourse or just pelvic pain in general. And this is for vulva-owning people or penis-owning people as well? It's for everything. For everyone. Yeah, when I okay. first started, I had cool. women's health. Come see me if you have you know, pain with intercourse. Yeah. But the men started chewing up at the door. Mm-hmm. And the anatomy is the same from what we do. So we started treating them. So we treat the men and the women. Everyone now. has a pelvic floor? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, where is that? It's basically anywhere between the pubic bone and the tailbone. Mm -hmm. And there's this pelvic floor that holds up your organs. So for females, um, uterus, for males, prostate, and then the bladder for both, and then the bowel for both. We have to include trans also. Of course. So it's like kind of like a netting that Mm -hmm. is holding up. Like a hammock. A sling or a hammock. And it's a muscle. It's a muscle. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so we've spoken to three people now who had vaginismus. Is that related to pelvic pain? Yes. Definitely. Very much so. Okay. Is vaginismus a spasm? It's like a contraction of the muscles. Now, sometimes it's happening for the first time ever. So you could have like that 16-year-old girl who gets her period. Well, she probably got her period much earlier, but she probably didn't put a tampon in. Or maybe she, her mom mm-hmm. taught her at like 15, 16, and she can't get it in. And that's typically the primary vaginismus, that, mm-hmm. that diagnosis of, okay, she's no, not able to get it in. Or the first time she meets a guy and she wants to have sex and she can't, you It's know, a fear of penetration. Fear of penetration. But the body's fear. Contracting. Yeah. Um, and then there's a secondary vaginismus, which happens sometimes later in life, where you can have great sex your whole life. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden something happened, like hormonally changes. 
um, you know, trauma or accident. I had mm-hmm. one patient, her husband had died mm-hmm. and years later she didn't ha- she didn't do anything. And then now she's having tight muscles mm-hmm. and that was, that's more like secondary vaginismus. Okay. And sometimes it's not just their mind fear. Sometimes there is something underlying that can cause that to happen. So it's not always necessarily just, uh, in their, you know, anxiety related Mm -hmm. sometimes there is something gynecological that can stimulate that okay so what are the kinds of issues when people come to get your care endometriosis is a huge one okay um i don't know that's what i know because of there's commercials oh yeah so they're they're big now the commercials are out there now which is great yes because it's one in every 10 women is it that yeah Yeah. it's pretty common that's wild yeah and so what is endometriosis? So endometriosis is endometrial like tissue mm-hmm. that's not in the uterus. It's now outside of the uterus. So imagine that pelvis. Yeah. And imagine that sling. Mm-hmm. And then the the ov- the uterus, the ovaries, the bladder and the bowel. And now endometriosis can be anywhere in there. Right. So it can okay. it's basically outside where it's supposed to be. So it's these endometrial tissues. And it's supposed tissues. to be in the bladder well, or in the uterus? No, no, no it's, it's not really supposed to be anywhere. Oh. But so it's tissue that's outside. And so when you, some people who have it, when you have your period, those implants cause pain. So there are lesions or implants that cause pain and inflammation mm-hmm. wherever they are throughout the like pelvis. Like almost the way I have like polyps on my vocal cords. This like endometrial like tissue, like, you're saying? Yeah, uh-huh. type it's tissue. causing some sort of pain inside but there should be no endometrial tissue to begin with well it's it's like tissue but it's not supposed to be hanging out so in a woman who doesn't have endometriosis they don't have that hanging around their bladder Mm -hmm. and so now a woman with endometriosis might have bladder pain or she might have bowel pain or she might have bloating because it's and sometimes it actually goes up to the lungs. So I often say it's like a benign cancer. Yeah, I was going to yes, say, it, it sounds is. like something that can take over your entire body. Right. It can mm-hmm. even go in the lymph nodes and spread. It's like a cancer, but it's benign. From what I've read about it, it's really misdiagnosed. 100%. I mean, most patients come being told by multiple doctors, have a glass of wine. You'll be fine. Just relax. Mm-hmm. Um, because the workup's normal. The MRIs are normal. Blood tests are normal. So quite often they're frustrated and misdiagnosed. And at this point, there is no proper diagnosis other than a surgery. So which mm-hmm. we have to send for to take a look, essentially. So, um, And we are working on something called the ROSE trial to try and figure out how to diagnose endometriosis through menstrual blood flow, oh, cool. through analyzing biomarkers in the blood flow. So we're hoping to get more patients to help us participate and really, really find a diagnosis. So are, is everything that people come to you for, does they get told, they get told that it's stress related, like endometriosis, that's stress related, uh, a tight pelvic floor is stress related. Yes. Apparently. Totally. Yes. So like everything's in your head and yes. you're crazy right. from every other doctor. Right. Which is not true. But what, uh, how come doctors aren't more educated on this? Very good question. You know, unfortunately, there's just not a lot. Even in rehab, we're physiatrists. Even where we trained, um, there was no training for pelvic pain. I mean, we have to like go out and try to get this education on our own. And how did you both get into the field? Essentially, I had my own issues postpartum. Mm. Had a baby, had some SI joint dysfunction during pregnancy, but then after delivery, had a lot of urinary incontinence, urgency, some pain with intercourse, and 
sought treatment um, from pelvic floor PT. And then I created a protocol that was a non-surgical outpatient protocol to treat the pelvic floor muscles and nerves because I needed help and I was trying to treat myself. (laughs) It just feels like such a chicken or the egg situation where it's like, okay, I have this thing. None of the doctors know about what to do. So then I have to invent this plan of what to do to treat myself that nobody knows what to do. Well, the pelvic physical therapists have been doing it for a lot longer than the doctors have. Definitely. So they've been around. They've been doing it. Um, But there's like that whole, are you the weak pelvic floor that needs the Kegels Mm -hmm. or are you the tight pelvic floor that will get worse with Kegels? And so everyone is kind of just running to the pelvic PT and they have to be good at what they do to know which one you are. Yeah. Because you were saying that you're having like urinary problems. Like that seems like a case for Kegels to me. Exactly. That's when it can get a little confusing. Yeah. Because when the muscles are in spasm, they're weaker. So they're... They're short, spastic, and weak, mm-hmm. so they're also not holding up the bladder very well mm. and also can cause irritation of the bladder neck. Oh, my God. So, but then the, also laxity can cause symptoms as well. Laxity means when the muscles are weaker and spread out, not spastic, they're weaker, then you can get some urinary symptoms too. But okay. um, that's the pelvic floor physical therapists are, who treat pelvic floor are excellent at okay. kind of guiding you there. And we always start there. If we meet someone and they haven't tried pelvic floor PT, mm-hmm. it's always the first place to start. What is that process like? Because like I've been led through the vaginismus thing of going like putting the Russian dolls up your vagina. <laughs> what is you know like the little oh, dildo sizes? Oh, dilators. <laughs> dilators. Yeah. Oh. But like for this, is it like? relax this much for 30 seconds you know what I mean you know it's really hard because I went after my second and you know I I noticed that I'm that mom I was working out and I was leaking and it wasn't like Mm -hmm. a ton but enough that I was like "Mm, I don't want to leak anymore so I went to pelvic PT they did an exam they went in they saw like you know I had someone that I trusted you know do the exam and she taught me some exercises and within two weeks I noticed a serious improvement in my leakage but you do have to keep it up now like if you want it to keep it going there are surgical procedures to do yeah that could potentially help but i didn't feel like i i wanted to do a surgical procedure i i feel like conservative treatment was good for me and yeah i do have to keep it up um but like i've also heard of patients who've had surgeries and they were told to do kegels and they did like 300 Kegels every day for six months. And then they ended up being the tight pelvic floor. Oh so you don't want to be on either extreme. Yeah. And so you should probably should have a doctor or specialist right. watching yeah. you. Yeah. Like don't just yeah. go out there and go do your own exercises yeah. and try to fix. Yeah. Because yeah. then you're in a bit of a hot mess now trying to reverse stuff. And reversing a hypertonic tight mel- pelvic floor, you have to get back to the loose. Yeah. And then strengthen so strengthening like, back up again yeah. without yeah. getting tight it's like <laughs> your pelvic floor is like a really intense actor that just gets like skinny and fat for different roles <laughs> it's like my my pelvic floor is daniel day lewis actually yeah. <laughs> well mine is christian bale <laughs> oh my god christian bale what is that process like yeah what are those different exercises well some are just different ways to do kegels so so you know how you use you know ankle weights for like like strengthening your legs or some of them are doing them with resistance and sometimes you know i'm sure you've seen the kegel balls Mm -hmm. and you know some are some people who like to use 
tools will say, we'll do it with a Kegel ball now. And here's an extra weight, you know, a two pound weight or, you know, you don't want to do anything crazy. I've seen some like crazy Facebook um, you know that woman who was like on the beach? Oh yeah, who can lift? Lift a, yeah. lifting a weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do not recommend that. <laughs> Don't do that. It looks that cool looks, to me. Uh, it looks so cool, funny. but I would not want to so be her bladder. Those can help an over tightened one. No, no. I mean, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, first you have to kind of make it a little looser, and then you can tighten. How would you yeah. make it looser? So we do a lot of different things. I mean, we do medication management with like going to be crazy but valium suppositories is an option and it is what it Up sounds like or vaginal or vagina oh, Either one. a suppository is just in anywhere anywhere in, any hole <laughs> any just not, but your, not your mouth, mouth. <laughs> just no. your mouth or your ears, ears or your nose, or nose. <laughs> yeah. i had a patient yesterday who was like i don't put anything anywhere including my nose or my mouth i was like okay interesting food goes in there yeah mm-hmm. yeah Interesting. You're, like, You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> How did you survive for so long? But yeah, so you could put like vaginal, and I'm you've probably. I mean, in LA, they have like THC suppositories now. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have CBD suppositories. So for people who are like against medication, so it literally just gets right to the area, right? And kind right of the like problem mellows mm-hmm. it out, gets to the source. Wow. Exactly. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like a CBD tampon. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. You're, I've heard yeah. that. You know, it's funny though, because like you, you get it. It makes so much sense. Totally. But, but like so many GYNs don't get it. They don't, have never heard of it. And they're just scared to like prescribe yeah. something they don't know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But it works. It definitely really well. I used one last night. Not <laughs> <laughs> even kidding. Like I went right to sleep. No. <laughs> it really helps sleep too. But it doesn't affect. Well, there is some systemic absorption, but it's not nearly what a pill would be. Right. right. But there is some. But so we always have the sure yeah. rectally, especially rectally. Yeah, I heard that. That's like with like not yeah. that people should do this, but people were doing like alcoholic soaked oh, well, tampons yeah. and stuff and putting it up their butts, right? Yeah, it yeah gets to get high, to your faster, yeah, faster. Yeah, yeah. 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 don't do that. No. Yeah, yeah. No, this is but not putting, like that. Yeah, nope. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not that don't, kind of doctor. Don't do that. But CBD, a okay, or yeah. prescribed by a doctor, even better. Yeah. Um, one of our listeners threw it in just because you were saying that you were an exercising mom. A lot of women after giving birth get pelvic floor disorder and then their doctor tells them they shouldn't exercise at all, which is obviously really limiting. But the catch is that there's basically no research into exercises that women and can and can't do to protect pelvic floor stuff. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely a lack of research out there. What mm-hmm. we normally use is called Your Pace Yoga. Mm-hmm. Dusty and Miller her, okay. her Your Pace Yoga is fabulous. She was a, used to be a pelvic floor PT, and then she created this yoga program to kind of help both strengthen and mm-hmm. get that neuromuscular re-education and keep the pelvis open at the same okay. time. Um, and there's different stages. You can get a little cardio in there, too, if you want, but it's cool. pretty amazing. So it's like you're doing a full-body exercise mm-hmm. to target one area. Exactly. I like that. And there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of breathing and yeah. meditation in it, which is pretty It's pretty great. Cool. I think we do a lot of, like, what you can do and what you can't do. What mm-hmm. like I mean, it kind of makes sense to us, but maybe we'll ask you. Does it make sense to spin if your pelvic floor hurts? No, it does right. not make sense to spin how, ever. How? <laughs> <laughs> Good, me too. I, I hate spinning. I'm tired. <laughs> um, but no, that makes sense. Yeah, like would running really work on your pelvic floor and you're leaking? No. Probably But what not. about an elliptical? 
Yeah. That's fine. More 10, ease. 15, 20 minutes a, you know, at a time, not so bad. What about sex? Well, that's what we do for a living. <laughs> we get people having sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're killing for we sex. We can't tell you to stop having sex. <laughs> right. That's why you're coming. That's our goal. Yeah. yeah. We high five when that happens. Yeah. It's good cardio. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, there's different, I guess, thought processes here, but overall, it's not dangerous to have sex if there's any pelvic floor hypertonia or dysfunction Mm -hmm. um the main concern is you don't want a negative association with having sex yeah yeah yeah. we just don't want to reinforce that negativity so sometimes we'll say hold off just chill out for a bit and we'll get you going when we feel you're you're ready totally but it's just for that we just don't want that negative association yeah most people are coming in because it's sex related or they're just like uncomfortable and leaking okay oh no most people leaking is like it's sex. It's, it's sex, yeah. That's the driver. Pain with intercourse. Don't you think that's... Ma- I mean, this could be, is a little psyche, but like leaking is an issue for yourself but until it becomes a problem with someone else and maybe like their sexual life, nobody takes... Well, that's the thing. I tell patients, you take care of your pelvic floor now, you won't be in depends when you're in your 70s. Yeah. But everyone's too focused on having good sex in their 20s mm. that they're not really so concerned with the... The other stuff in their 70s. So it can, the leaking can happen later in life because of bad pelvic floor maintenance now? Well, if you're really weak and like, I mean, I'll do exams on some girls who are like in their 20s or 30s and they're Mm. really weak now. I mean, it's not going to get much better. I mean, unless they do something. But most of them are in therapy and so they're doing really well. Yeah. Does squirting have anything to do with leaking? Control. It does have to do with your ability to control your pelvic floor is how I would look at it. Yeah. So it just, it does. And the higher level control, then it, your abilities are, will improve. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So then just back to endometriosis for a second. Um, this girl said, I just had a laparoscopy to get it. Re- Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Laparoscopy to get it removed and I'm still having pain. Is that normal? Yeah, well, come see us. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. I mean, it is because the we treat the nerves and the muscles associated with the pelvis. Mm-hmm. And the nerve and muscle issues have been going on for so long because they they don't like the presence of the endo in your body. Yeah. They go into this chronic kind of guarding state. Mm-hmm. And even if you have that endo removed, which is the primary pain generator, you still have to help the muscles and the nerves along. Because they're like having yeah. um, PTSD. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of. Still in Basically. Basically. They've been intimidated right. for such a long time exactly. by this yeah. new person. Exactly. Creep. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> or lack thereof. Now yeah. there's no creep in there. Now there's like, no creep. And there's nothing they're in like, here. I got so accustomed to this creep. <laughs> um, this one listener says she has sex pain because of endometriosis. Are there positions or things to do to inhibit pain? Yeah, we always talk about positions with our patients. So mm-hmm. if someone says it's uncomfortable, we say, you know, is it all positions? And we try and figure out what's not uncomfortable. And right. then so it's like take an inventory of <laughs> yourself because yeah. you, your body's probably constructed differently. And you don't yeah. know when you're, where and your also, endometriosis is. Is exactly. it, is it yeah. entrance pain? Is it thrusting pain? Yeah. It's not all the same. No. Sometimes yeah. it's just getting in. Totally. And then sometimes it's the right, sometimes it's the left and, you know, yeah. kind of getting angled. Yeah. Um, can a papillomavirus have pelvic pain? I mean, I guess HPV. Technically, anything in your bowel, your bladder, and your you know gynecologic system could cause pelvic pain. Anything that's you know basically anything that's down there can cause those muscles to be tight. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you've had any procedures down there, 
um, I mean, male or female, any procedures, like you could have an IUD place and have pelvic pain. You could have um, a labio surgery, just a cosmetic surgery and have pelvic pain after. Mm. I had really intense pain after my IUD was implanted, Mm -hmm. but I think it was like pretty normal. I mean, I hate to say that that's normal, but they were like, yeah, you're going to have the worst cramps ever and bleed for a month. And I I wore one of those diapers. Mm. (laughs) It's wild though. So up until this point, basically women have to get to like that stage three you were saying of like I am in so much pain I know for a fact something is wrong and like kind of push aside all the doctors who are like oh it's in your head or cramps or something yeah unfortunately yeah at this point we're trying to raise awareness and there's a lot of programs I know Shannon Cohen from Endo Watt is doing a program where she's getting a kit into nurses' offices for high schools oh, awesome. to try and teach kids, you know, this is a normal period. This is definitely not normal. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the whole goal is to educate younger and younger um, so that yeah. people won't be a decade of symptoms. Totally. This listener said, I had pelvic pain when I changed partners. Now I don't with him after many years. Is that normal? She's gotten used to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think she just got used to him and, yeah. and what you were saying, found size. their positions. Yeah. 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 Um, this listener said, is it weird every time I climax, the next day I get a UTI slash have UTI symptoms? Do you guys cover mm-hmm. UTIs? A lot of times it's not mm-hmm. actually UTI and it feels like a UTI. So a lot of people are like, oh, I had, the, I had a UTI. And then they, get, they go to their urgent care, CityMD, uh-huh. and they get their urine tested and it's clean. But then they're like, oh, but it's probably a positive culture. So we'll give you some antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out negative. And so they think they've had this UTI that they've been treated, but they never found out their culture results. And so they're saying they have these UTI type symptoms, but really it's just pelvic floor dysfunction. And that's why they end up with us. So they've done these rounds of um, antibiotics and they're like, my UTI, like I've been on three, I've been on a month of antibiotics. How come my my UTI is not going away? That makes sense. Yeah. One of my friends said for like six months, she kept getting diagnosed with UTIs and it was all pelvic floor related. Yeah. yeah. So should people be going to both an OBGYN and a pelvic floor specialist? Well, so uh. what we do is so rare that there's barely five of us in New York City who are doing this. And That's so, insane. And th- we're not GYNs or therapists. We're like the random physiatrists in, in New York doing it. Okay. So, yeah, if they want to start off with a pelvic physical therapist, I think they might have better luck mm-hmm. getting to a proper diagnosis mm-hmm. because the pelvic physical therapists have been doing it longer than a lot of the GYNs. Okay. Right. But yeah. this question was specifically about having an orgasm that the next day she has symptoms. Is is that something you've ever heard so, of before? So orgasms involve the pelvic floor muscles and nerves. Yeah. And the pudendal nerve. Okay. So we hear that all the time. I had a flare after my orgasm, mm-hmm. post-orgasm flare. Okay. And their flare feels like a UTI. So people uh, will even come to us, what's your okay. main complaint to me? I feel like I have a constant UTI or I feel like I have a yeast infection. That's But they're sucks. negative cultures. Everything's clean. Um, so it's just pelvic floor so pain. Like a con- but a, a, but orgasm you get is a nice orgasm and then you have a horrible feeling right after. Yes. Because when you're tight, yeah, and then you're trying to get what is a like an um, con- uh, orgasm, your contraction, contraction, a contraction. Yeah. So it's like, but I forget what how many seconds, how many contractions in like eight seconds or something, something crazy. Mm-hmm. But now you're if you're loose, and then you have a contraction like an orgasm, mm-hmm. it it's it's like a it feels better, right? So when you're tight, 
you don't feel that great going into a tighter state. Totally. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. definitely. So now you flared yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. So what do you do in that case? You come well, to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we treat you. No, but it's the idea of down-regulating basically your peripheral and central nerves. Calm them down. We try to chill them out. We try to create more space in your pelvis, open up the muscles with the pelvic floor PT. But that's how you get better. We calm yeah. it all down, chill it all out. Yeah, because no one's like, I need to stop orgasming. No. Yeah. No, no, no. That is not the solution. We can't tell people to stop doing that. No, no. We had one listener who said, before I was diagnosed with hyperactive pelvic floor, I had gynecologists telling me it was yeast infections or I was just like that for six months. I honestly thought my body was broken until I finally saw a doctor who knew what was going on. Luckily, after much PT and dilators, I'm doing much better. But along with that, I've also realized I'm someone who will always have pelvic pain. And instead of trying to do a quick fix, how to do long-term maintenance and how to have pleasurable sex. So there are other things she can add in. Because it sounds like she's not... I mean, what she's done so far is basically the tip of what we do. Mm. I mean, we do um, nerve block injections to the pelvic floor. And a lot of our patients will say like one PT session, one injection is like equivalent to like five or six PT sessions. Mm. So um, she could do more. Yeah. Um, And then sometimes it's like those maintenance of those injections that actually keep patients better for longer. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, there are the Valium suppositories I mentioned that, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that they can use like right before intercourse. Um, there's other things. I mean, and then sometimes there's nerve medications that can kind of calm down the nerves. But is it kind of like living as an alcoholic? Like you're always a recovering? It depends on the underlying cause. So every patient's so different. Every, okay. So it's, some no. Yeah. Um, and some yes. yes. Like the endo patients, it's a chronic disease. Is it? And it'll probably grow back as well or... The recurrence rates are quoted in the data post-operatively are between 7 to 10%. Okay. If they have a good endometriosis excision. Mm-hmm. But if they have an ablation, which is just burning it, I don't, I don't know what the rates are. Is okay. it the same recurrence rate? Mm-hmm. Probably not. It's probably mm-hmm. more. All right, you guys. So we're going to take a wee little break because Nanny just got home and she wants to meet these doctors. So while Charlotte introduces them to her, um, I'm going to talk to you about my Helix mattress. Um, You guys know I love it. Now it has the love of my friend Lily. Um, I don't know if you guys know about my other podcast, We Really Love Island. Basically, I just binge this show, Love Island, with my other comedian friends. It's a British reality show, blah, blah, blah. And then we recap it. But last night we were doing that. It was the first time Lily had slept over while I had my Helix mattress. And she was like, Remy, that was the best night's sleep of my life. Um, Neither of us moved. Neither of us hit each other. There was no, it was just the best. Um, so if you want a Helix mattress, you should get one right now at helixsleep.com slash how come. It is the best mattress for sleeping. It is the best mattress for sex. How do you know it's going to align with your body? Because they have a two-minute sleep quiz online that matches you to your perfect mattress based on your body type and your sleep preference. Um, if you're in a couple, it matches you and your partner uh, with a mattress that's good split down the middle for their preference and yours. Amazing. Like I said, Lily is very tough to please. One time she spent Christmas with me and we had Chinese food and she said, this is the worst Christmas of my life. 
but it was a great Christmas and she loves the Helix mattress and so do I and you guys will too. Um, again, go to helixsleep.com slash howcome for up to $125 off of any mattress order. That is right, up to $125 off of any order. That's amazing. Um, and what's even more amazing is that since you already love this podcast and you want to help us so badly, by getting your own mattress, we get a little percentage of that mattress. Whoa. So even if you're not a Patreon patron and you're not supporting us by liking, rating, or reviewing, which you should, you should, you can get a mattress totally selfishly and still help us. Um, Again, that is helixsleep.com slash howcome for up to $125 off of any order. (laughs) Oh, and they're back. All right. I guess they didn't talk for a long time. Come back, ladies. Talk to me. Why did I say ladies again? Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) What kinds of things do guys feel when they come in with these issues or people with penises? guys are the most interesting because they are their issues are usually all sexual unless it's like a little bit urinary mm. um but usually it's post ejaculation pain and they feel it in the perineum so it's like mm. between the area between their penis and their rectum um so the post perineal pain or um, post ejaculation pain sometimes during ejaculation and sometimes they come in with tip of the penis pain Mm -hmm. sometimes the shaft pain sometimes it's their testicles that actually hurt Mm -hmm. um and that all counts as pelvis all pelvis okay it's all around (laughs) and that's when it's too tight yeah a lot of yes and sometimes there's injuries sex injuries that can occur they're worried it's been fractured or they read something in men's health and that told them to do these kegels during ejaculation and they kept doing it so and they didn't realize they were already tight yeah yeah exactly or they're doing it on purpose because like they were told that they're gonna get better at sex if they do like 500 kegels Uh right so the pelvis seems like a very inclusive organ (laughs) (laughs) welcoming to all Does not discriminate. Um, what are like the most extreme cases that have come in to you? Of pelvic pain? Yeah. Endo is definitely the hardest. Okay. Uh, I think in my opinion. Yeah. Um, just because it's chronic. Yeah. Getting them in and kind of like getting them through the surgeries and, you know, after post surgeries. It's always nice to see when a patient's doing well because it's so hard um, to like, you know, I don't have endo so I don't. You know, to see someone suffering every single day is really tough. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think some of the more challenging cases, too, are, in my suspicion, maybe missed endo. By the time they get to us, they're Mm -hmm. postmenopausal. So um, it's not really an option to have a a resection at that point. So they've had this centralized nerve pain Mm -hmm. for 20 20 plus years, sometimes 25, 30 years. Mm -hmm. It's really affected their life and they can be really challenging to explain why they're in pain and try and get them better just because it's been going on for so long so our whole thing is is to try and raise awareness and get people early get them early we can can get you better if we find if we get you early but totally after you know a long time it's very much a challenge damn yeah that sucks yeah well you know another one that's really bad um thinking about it is the ones with the pudendal nerve like that have had pudendal entrapment what is that? Um, there's I'm a not- major nerve of the pelvis, basically, and it's kind of affected with scar tissue, and sometimes it can be entrapped, um, and then it causes a lot of sitting pain. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so a lot of these patients, men and women, are really hard to treat, too, because they have a lot of pain. And, and it could be with anyone. You could have endo and have this, or you could it could be anyone. Um, and that's really tough to treat, too, because 
a lot of people sit all day, right, for their totally. job. So now they are limited because they can barely sit. So a lot of them have to go on disability or they can't work. And, um, if, you know, walking around with donut pillows, I cushions. Was say, yeah. You know, we had a family member that was sitting on a donut for a while. Yeah. And it tough. was pretty tough. Yeah. Because there's not just that I'm taking care of my body, but I can't really go in public because I don't want to be bringing this donut out and I feel embarrassed and taking it to restaurants. Exactly. Everybody's going to be asking what's wrong with your ass. What's wrong with, <laughs> you know, totally, yeah. but you know what? A lot of times these people like, like I bankers, lawyers, doctors, like we get a lot of really like smart people and it's not like it has anything to do with like being a truck driver or anything. Sure. This is just like people who sit for work. Mm. And so it's nothing to be embarrassed of, but everyone's so embarrassed about it. And that kind of sucks. Do you get a lot of truck drivers? <laughs> I have a couple. They've got yeah, <laughs> like long commutes. We yeah. got a lot of truck driver listeners because podcasts are very <laughs> popular. <laughs> Wait, road yeah. Are you guys saying that this, that sitting can induce these issues or just exacerbates them? Mm. exacerbate yeah. yeah it's an exacerbation it's putting pressure so that pudendal nerve goes right under your sit bone so and nerves love blood flow right and so when you're sitting for a long period of time there's like what we call neural ischemia so the blood flow can't get to those nerves as well so it just yeah. exacerbates it that's why we love yoga because they get the blood to where it needs to get mm-hmm. i always like a nice marriage of eastern and western mm-hmm. medicine yes, yes. we do too. something from everyone yeah um were you afraid to did you have a second child after your first? Mm-hmm. I had one, but seven years later. So I was going to say, did you have like Just now, a I very, have a one-year-old baby now. Oh my now. God, congrats. Oh, yeah. But yes, I was super afraid. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, I feel yeah. like putting your body through that and like pregnancy is tough enough and then something after pregnancy would kind of make you not want to put yourself through that again yeah it's funny but then you forget you know a little bit because with time you get time a little bit better yeah. Yeah. yeah and then you're like oh my god how did i end up here again yes. was yes. it okay the second pregnancy no not at all. no okay <laughs> no. Oh, no. Not, even, not at all <laughs> but you know it, it, that's i've have a great pelvic floor pt and yeah ty and charity treat me in the mm. office yeah <laughs> with the product it's so easy. i'm dealing with it but yeah um, but yeah no it wasn't pretty but i think it's <laughs> great that you experience it yourself because you know exactly what people are going through exactly yes definitely i have my own dilator yeah. i have my work to do at home yeah. and i i i understand when people are telling me their symptoms i'm like i totally get yeah. it yes and yes. were you already practicing for during your first pregnancy no i was okay we were in residency together okay um so i was a final year resident during uh, my first pregnancy. Damn, yeah. that's busy and tired. Yes, <laughs> good time. I would kill myself. <laughs> um. Yeah, why don't we kill ourselves? <laughs> I had my, my first one then, that's, too. Oh, yeah. my, oh my God. You did the same thing. So okay. many hours Six on weeks. swollen feet. Yeah, well, I, I don't remember that, but yeah, I guess we were pretty big at the end. Yes. Um, but yeah, I went back to work at six weeks. Yeah. So I could too. graduate on time. I graduated two days late. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, women have it so easy. I don't know what <laughs> people are saying. <laughs> um, but when you were in residency, did you know um, about what you would, um, what would end up happening to your body? Not at all. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> no. I was totally naive okay. and oblivious. Oh God. So yeah. not at all. Like you most people, would, yeah. Most people would do like Lamaze classes and all yeah. that. You hear these things, yeah. but like you're like, oh, I went to med school. I, I did an OB rotation. Exactly. Yeah. I don't need to watch. I I didn't watch anything. I know. Me too. Yeah. I should have watched a YouTube video. Like not even a YouTube video. 
I my husband, I think a lot of yeah. people try to avoid it because they're like, I'm already this far. Like, I can't go back. No. I can't tell it to stay inside. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I get afraid from a video. Yeah. Um, that's so scary, though. And then, do, like, you have to take care of your kid, mm-hmm. new baby, while dealing with all this pain. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. But luckily, I had a great babysitter and okay. support. <laughs> from my husband but That's yeah but that is yeah i know it's hard for the women we see postpartum because yeah you know sometimes they'll bring their baby to the appointment it's you know they're breastfeeding mm-hmm. and even to get to their pts but a lot of the pelvic floor pts are totally used to this and if your baby's taking a nap they'll treat you you yeah. know yeah. so they're used to it teamwork yeah. that's teamwork. another that's a third one i think that's hard to treat the postpartum yeah the postpartum when there's like a lot of injury and the nerves are irritated and the, you know i have one um well i have a person that has like no clitoral sensation and that's really tough is that a new thing or yeah. a, no it was postpartum wow pedendal nerve gets just <gasps> smashed sometimes but it's only on the right side which is really sad well I mean, I guess it's better than having it on both sides, but um, because each of the nerves are on each side. Okay. It's not like one nerve does everything. It's like you have right side and the left side. But let's, I'm picturing like the Titanic smashing into an iceberg <laughs> and the clit is the iceberg. Is that iceberg forever injured? Well, actually, that's the amazing thing. Like it's, okay. it took about a year and a half before she even found us. But then once we did, now we're like maybe a year and almost a half getting in or like a year and we're getting sensation back. Oh, which yay. is like so exciting. Hooray. Yeah, hooray. Major hooray. <laughs> Major I would be hooray. so depressed. Yeah. I guess this is just how depressed would Remy get with more, <laughs> <laughs> more vaginal issues. No, nerves can heal. Yeah. yeah. They heal, they regenerate. Okay. So our, our whole thought process of what we do is we're not actually healing the nerves, we're just creating a better environment so mm-hmm. that they can heal themselves. Yeah. But they do yeah. heal. So that's why it's great. Yeah. <laughs> So that's like how we're, we're rehab doctors. We're all about rehabbing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like making people better. Totally. Does anybody ever come in with um, issues that they can't orgasm? And orgasmic. Yeah. 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 And is that something you guys treat as well? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We treat it. We don't like, we don't claim to treat it, but it's, we see it so much mm-hmm. and what we do seems to help it. Okay. Yeah, so sometimes we're like, sure, let's try and do this. I was <laughs> you know? say, we don't like claim well, with pain. We're like, we know we can, kind of, yeah. we can swing that pendulum. But the anorgasmia, it's a little yeah. less known, but mm-hmm. we see the progress anecdotally. So we always try. Totally. I yeah. was going to say too, though, because a lot of people that have come to us or talked to us, a lot of their orgasms and even my anorgasmia, I think had to do with like being kind of locked clenched up and, and yeah. clenched mm-hmm. and, um, nervous you mm-hmm. know and just kind of not letting go and not being able to relax yeah and it sounds like a lot of what you do is just you make it everyone relax easier to yeah. relax yeah yeah mm-hmm. so anorgasmia it obviously just means no orgasm, no orgasm. Yeah. yeah but for me that sounds so permanent when someone could think they're anorgasmic and don't have them just because they haven't yet Right. right. Well, it's right. harder. That's like, what I thought about it, me. Exactly. It, yeah. It's like har- you never had. Well, I don't know if it's too personal, but you never had one, and then, or you had one, and then you didn't. No, I never had one until I started this podcast. Okay. Yeah. So it's harder to treat someone for anorgasmia if they've never had one. So yay for you. Yay me. <laughs> <laughs> but if they've had one, yeah, and then they didn't, 
that's it's, more rehab. That's yeah. Let's we get can, back to yeah. normal. We where, can actually yeah. get you know we we're more confident. And if you yeah. have it, hey, why not try what we're doing? Totally. Um, one of our listeners wrote, "I've had reoccurring thrush for years. Is there a cure? Cure? I don't even know what thrush is. Do you?" So they've had vaginal yeast. thrush. And they, I it's guess a yeast. it's a yeast. Yeah. yeah, so it can happy Passover. <laughs> 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 so yeast, i mean low sugar diet yeah. yeast love sugar oh so we always say i'm yeast <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't know if there's a cure but low sugar low diet, sugar diet. Um, make sure to keep your immune system healthy because mm-hmm. it can come when their immune system's down okay Any other? i had an i don't know if this applies but you guys cover penises as well and there was a, a listener who wrote us that her boyfriend gets penis burn every time they have sex is that something that you have ever yeah, that come sounds across? like what we, yes that sounds like what we really see. what's yeah. penis burn like rug burn yeah well, mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's probably how he's saying it but most if we got him to say it he might say that it was tingling or burning or a sensation of it being at the tip most of the time when i talk to any patient i'll ask like is it at the tip is it at the shaft is it at the base it's on Where- the side of the shaft yeah, it sounds like our patient yes okay so we do yeah Okay, so if you are listening, get your boyfriend to a pelvic PT. Well, yeah, somewhere, or, wherever you are. Yeah. and do- Or a doctor, like yeah, wherever pelvic, you are. someone. Yeah, a pelvic doctor, pelvic PT, someone. Yeah. But this is something that I've been trying to talk to them, and I'm like, try another position. I don't oh. know. <laughs> and I can't, yeah, I'm like, yeah. go in from the other side. I don't know. Because um, the, the, the nerves of the pudendal nerve, they go run, they run. So there's like the pu- the dorsal nerve of the penis. Mm-hmm. So that's involved. So you just need to release uh, sometimes internally and externally around the nerve, uh-huh. so it can flow better, and then the burning can get better. Okay. So they're going to be pelvic floor PTs. We'll, we'll do something called nerve gliding or myofascial release, and just create space for the nerve that goes to the penis, mm-hmm. so that it, it can be happier, essentially, and not Got be it. firing when it shouldn't be. It's hard to get men to go to PTs. I'm sure. Well, when the men who do come to you do, is it because they found you through other people, or they searched you themselves? Both. Yeah, both. both. Referring doct- other doctors will send. Sometimes PT send when, mm-hmm. they, when they're like kind of patients plateauing, not really making much more improvement, or they want us to help and make things move faster. Mm-hmm. With some of the stuff that we were doing, we talked about the injections or Valium. Yeah. They'll say, you know, can you go and see this doctor? And she'll, it'll help us. Yeah. It'll help us help you get better faster. And so they'll come to us then. Do you know why there's more of a reticence for guys to come in? Is it like seen as like a female issue i think so i mean i think it's maybe they're just embarrassed to have it but we like to say honestly though the men who get pelvic pain are athletic they're athletes (laughs) you know it's always their athletes yeah they're so if you have it it it's a lot of nice thighs (laughs) (laughs) there's not a lot of male pelvic pts in new york city and so most of the patients who go i asked a patient and i said would you be more comfortable if i was a man and they said no be okay with ma- female or a man they're okay yeah. they seem to be okay and once they get to pt they're usually fine but when you have to explain what pt is that's when they're like wait someone might stick their finger in my butt on a regular mm-hmm. mm, not sure yeah so it's kind of 
invasive. Yeah. For them. Yes. I see. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, it's invasive for a woman too. It's, you know. Totally. But I think. But if it's in the interest of bettering well, your life and eliminating pain, like I know, I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but in the first season of this podcast, I had assignments um, to make me be able to have an orgasm. And one of the assignments last season was have a tantric massage. And I always bring that up because it was just this moment of feeling like my whole body was one body and that my vagina, my vulva, my butthole, all, all of it is just part of my body instead of this is an isolated thing of someone sticking their fingers up your butt or mm-hmm. looking at you or whatever. It's like, no, this is a professional who's looking at my body and dissecting it from a medical perspective to make me better as a whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that can relieve a lot of stress from the brain and emotionally as well. Yeah. yeah. Usually when I see a guy mm-hmm. and in the beginning they're kind of like, oh, should I have my underwear off? Are you okay? You know, or yeah. do you want me to keep it on? And I'm like, no, 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 no. it's totally normal. Yeah. You know, this is what I'm going to do. And at the end they're usually thanking me. Thanks for all the, you know, I appreciate it going into detail. Like they're really grateful. I mean, I know in the beginning, same thing. They love their PTs by the end of it. Mm-hmm. They're so grateful. Totally. But it is tough finding, I know for myself, that whole mind-body connection to mm-hmm. the pelvic floor because you can't see it. You know, yeah. you can tell you contract your bicep and it's obvious. Like, yeah. It's like contract that. And you're like, I am. You know, even myself, I'd be mm-hmm. like, I am. Why is that biofeedback not moving? <laughs> <laughs> so, and we never learn about it. Like the way that, like I was just like, where is the pelvic floor? Like it's not like in biology class where it's like, that's the diaphragm. Those are the lungs. Right. Charlotte yeah. and I were at a lunch this week and we had a little um, model of the clitoris on the table at the internal structure obviously and what kind of lunch was this i know <laughs> you know one why are we invited for this <laughs> no, next time you will be invited but we we're talking about it and a lot of people had been like not the ones at the lunch but people before had been like well why do you need to know the internal structure of a clitoris yeah, you, can't see, you can't see it it's like well we all know what our heart is shaped like because of biology class and you never see that either we yeah. all know what our lungs are shaped why aren't we taught about the internal clitoris. Why aren't we taught about the pelvic floor? These are things that are so important, so important, and yeah. very much part of. I had my one time someone asked me like, "Could you look at my clitoris? It doesn't look right," and mm-hmm. it was stuck. What? Could, couldn't it was like stuck? It was like an adhesion. Oh. So when there's an adhesion, it's it was literally like stuck with the hood on top. So, uh, uh. so you had to pull the hood back. Well, it's or not no. that easy. Oh. <laughs> it takes a little bit of working on. So that's what that patient's homework is. So, but she How had no stuck, idea though. though that was like what a clitoris looked like, and she had only seen her own. Yeah, but it's not what it looks like, right? If there's an well, adhesion. no, well, that's why she thought it was normal. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, she was so like for whole whole life. So, yeah, you know that's the thing. Like nobody really is looking at anyone else's clitorises. And they should. We yeah. should. More. <laughs> like, literally, though, guys compare their dicks all the time in yeah. locker rooms. It's like not a thing. Or at camp or whatever. Like just showing yeah. this is what I... My little campers when I was a counselor would be like, hey, Remy, look what I got. I'd be like, don't show me that. But, you know, show your friends. <laughs> you guys want to compare notes. For some reason, girls weren't looking as much. It was a very like shameful thing. Right. Yeah. Hiding and... 
I have one friend, Erica. You, <laughs> we showed each other when we were four. We said, I have this. Do you have this? And then we said, yes. But then we shamefully moved on with the rest of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I mean, we need to break the barriers because so many people come. Oh, I've been living with this for years, but I was embarrassed to tell you about mm-hmm. it. Like, it's not embarrassing. It's normal. Everyone has a right to have yeah. good intercourse. Like, you should yeah, be able totally. to tell your doctor and you should be able to get help. Were you guys so. clitorate from a young age? Mm, no. 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 But I write about it now okay. for the South Asian community because I feel like we have a very, very lack and a huge taboo with it. So mm-hmm. I write about it now to. I tell my, my daughters know about and their that's vaginas. Where your family is from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my five-year-old knows about her vagina. Good. And she's... <laughs> Does she have a special word for it or she calls it vagina? No, she calls it vagina. But she um, will ask my husband why he has a long vagina. <laughs> 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 like, uh, how come he, do, he doesn't have... She has a long one. I'm she's like, like uh, I want a long one. <laughs> he should totally just be called that. Long vaginas. <laughs> well, Charlotte's got like... We were talking about how she gets strep a lot, and I was looking at her uvula, and I was like, ugh, I wish my clitoris looked like a uvula. Like, that would just make so much more sense, like a little door knocker hanging over your, your vulva. It should. It, it, would lo- it makes sense. But it's also great the way it is. <laughs> I heard that hyenas give birth out of their clitorises. Did you guys know that? I read that this week. I did not, I did not know that. Isn't that wild? <laughs> See? Is that true? It's true. It's on Wikipedia at least. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Charlotte, fact check. I'm going to fact check. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, when did you guys like start? Yeah, do you remember first orgasm experiences? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm still working on it. (laughs) Really? (laughs) No. About perfecting it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my first orgasm. Um,. Yeah, definitely recent, not that long ago. Wow. Yeah, so post postpartum. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so even professionals, you guys. Yeah, that's cool. That's amazing. Was it um, through PT then, or kind of? Yeah, just PT, exercise? just more mind body mm-hmm. stuff, figuring it out. Toys or no? No toys. No. Cool. No toys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. Was it alone? Partnered. Partnered. So Hi, sweet. Help. <laughs> My husband, yeah. Oh, I was thinking your baby. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Just came out and said, Mom, I'll give you a little hand. <laughs> um, and was yours pre-baby? You know, I think it just gets better and better mm-hmm. now that I'm older and more demanding. Yeah. I think as I get older, I'm like, oh, this is how this is going to go. Yeah. I think, um, I think when you're younger... I mean, I've been married for a really long time and, you know, doesn't really even, I think, I think it's really just being, I don't know, it's the feminist in me now that's yeah. taking control. hundred percent. Charlotte and I always say, if you can speak up in the bedroom, you can speak up better in the boardroom. Yeah. Like it's just taking more, um, control over <laughs> your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what, you grew up in a Southeast Asian household. Did they speak about sex no. at all? No. No. No, uh, my period talk was by my aunt, mm-hmm. and I my aunt asked me if I knew what a period was, and I pretended like I had no idea, even though I, I probably already knew. And I said, "You mean like exclamation point punctuation? What are you talking?" Just <laughs> to like to be funny, dodge the yeah. dodge the conversation. Yeah. And then I got my period in sixth grade, and my mom gave me some pads, and that was it. No sex talks. Oh no! How'd you learn about sex? By myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there was like a talk. Nobody gave me a talk. 
and there, there was no, no there's like, no masturbation exploration or there's no like you know you're you know i was dating okay kind of just on my own but it wasn't really like nobody gives talks and mm-hmm. i mean just culture and religious backgrounds like there's no talking about that stuff totally and how do they feel about you treating such a sexually so it's funny now because my mom will be like so proud of me and we'll be at thanksgiving and all these like random uncles will be around and she'll be like oh google her google her and i'm like mom please don't tell them to google me (laughs) (laughs) you don't know what you're gonna find i was like i i end up getting the mailed sex topics every time we do any of these things so i was like they can look me up that's fine but you you know, just be careful. And she's like, oh my God, wait, you, sh- you should stop treating men. And I'm like, mom, stop. Like I'm not right. going to stop treating men. Right. No. Cause they, yeah. they, they need it too. Yeah. Um, and how's your dad feel? He, I'd never had the conversation with him. Really? Yeah. He's like 70 almost. He doesn't need to. It's oh, fine. He but does. you're doing so such good. Yeah. You know, but you know, yeah, you get to a, the you most know, good, the most good. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. He's like, so how's work? I'm like, great. It's work. Um, and what about yours? Do they, are they proud? No. <laughs> are they proud? <laughs> I think they're proud. I'm not sure. They're, they're still trying to, it's, it's a new field. Okay. I'm trying to understand what we yeah. really do. Yeah. Even, I mean, even other physicians are like, what do you do? Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a little, it's very new. So yeah. yeah, that they're proud. But basically the end of the story is you're helping people know their bodies better, have less pain and be able to go about their lives in a happier more settled way wow yeah. that's a great explanation right? mm-hmm. yeah completely that's so, exactly right we're all about function and yeah. returning to uh your your quality of life yeah mm-hmm. I, th- I just i find it interesting because i didn't think the parent question was going to be as like like i thought they would be more supportive and we have a lot of people on this podcast who do work in adult fields or whatever where they're like yeah, you know, ultimately my parents are down for it now because I'm helping other people in this way. And you guys are literally (laughs) helping people in a medical way that it's like, there's still this stigma because it's like with nudity and with people's pelvises and with people's sex lives. So like my mom came to my, I went, when I went to Pakistan in January, my mom came to my talk and okay, so this is Pakistan, like Mm -hmm. taboo central. Mm -hmm. And I did a grand rounds lecture in a hospital setting. So internal medicine, doctors, surgeons, and my mom was sleeping. Yeah like legit sleeping during my talk okay <laughs> in the same like, room in the same room she's watching me oh and i could see her <laughs> sleeping i mean it was 8 a.m but still she was sleeping and no, i was when you're and awake I, mom and, I, and i'm literally like urinary incontinence ejaculation like saying words that maybe might wake her up <laughs> <laughs> and my aunt's there and like i'm trying to like get a rise out of some of the men get some like people just to say these words yeah and I mean, I don't think they're not proud. I just think they don't know. And they're like, well, you're, you're making money. I guess you're doing good. Right, People right. are getting better. I see things. You're publishing things. So like thumbs up. Totally. You know, it's more like other people are reacting well so it must be it must good. be fine yeah yeah i feel like that's also a generation thing yeah like anything new they're very skeptical i'm not gonna say that about. our parents weren't a little <laughs> what's a podcast what is a podcast <laughs> yeah 
Um, and then, oh, it's about come. She's okay, Remy. <laughs> <laughs> but then, it, oh, it's the medical side. So- well, okay, this is better. Oh, you're on yeah. iTunes. I get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so last yesterday, my daughter's like, so I was like, guys, I have to do a podcast after work, so I'm going to be a little late. Mm. My daughter's like, what's a podcast? Oh, it's this thing. You know, it comes up. We were in the car, so I was like, it comes up on the car, and you can play it. They're like, can we listen? I was like, sure. They're like, but what's it about? It's like pelvic pain. So we're not going to get it. I'm like, probably not. They're five and seven. So So cute. But But I think you could explain it to them. Hey, there's this muscle that in some people gets really tight and it makes their butts and jinies and meters hurt. (laughs) (laughs) My daughter always says when we were going around in her class, all the parents came in and kids were telling what their parents did for work and my daughter stands up and says my mom treats public pain she gets people better takes away their pain in public that's what i do that's so cute that is really cute i love them from afar (laughs) um this has been so much fun um, where can everybody find you, your practice, uh, your social media, if it's out there? Um, I am on Instagram at Dr. Tay Ahmed, T-A-Y-A-H-M-E-D. And then our office website is pelvicrehabilitation.com. Just have to spell it right. Perfect. And we also have an Instagram and Facebook for our pelvic rehabilitation medicine. So PRM, we have mm-hmm. our own uh, Instagram as well. Is it, is it just pelvic rehabilitation? I don't think there's a medicine on the yeah, Instagram. Yeah, it's just pelvic rehabilitation. Yeah. Yes. And so, then yours is Dr. Dr. Allison. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, our office, we're currently in Manhattan. So, um, yeah, look us up. Pelvic rehabilitation medicine in New York City. And what about for people in other states? What should they just we're, Google? We're actually currently growing. We'll be in Miami in Ooh, May as wonderful. well as uh, D.C. in May. Washington, so D.C., Miami, and... Um, we are in New Jersey as well. Cool. So we are in other states. Just like endometriosis, you're <laughs> spreading. Yeah. <laughs> We're spreading. But in a but nice way. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, I just have to ask this at the end of every sexual experience, which this has been. Tayava, did you finish? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, amazing. Allison, did you finish? Yes, I did. Perfect. Charlotte <laughs> Casimir, did you finish? I sure did. Did you, Remy? <laughs> I did. Um, thank you, everyone, for coming. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next time on How Come. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. 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 Yay. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. I try so hard to finish, honestly. They say you'll know. When you go all the way from A right down to O Oh no I think that I still got a ways to go Oh oh I'm sick of this and I have got to know How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh, baby, I believe these guests can help. Cause I can't do it by myself. I wanna just.